with Tessa Ford, aka Vanessa Worm, about her album Vanessa 77 that came out on Optima Records last year. As it's my first library podcast, I wanted to keep it simple and to have a chat about music, her live performances, and the ideas within that. First of all, thanks so much for coming in, Tessa. I guess I'll start by like why I asked you to come in for, for Music Month and Music Themed um, Library Podcast for my first, my first one. I've been hearing about Vanessa Worm, the Vanessa Worm um, music for, for quite some time, mostly because I listen to the radio and listen to BFM a lot and you're getting a lot of mentions. Tiny Revolutions was on high rotate at the time. And then I finally got to see a Crossbreak Festival more recently, although I feel like that might have been a, sh- a slightly um, short set because the night was running a bit late and like you're, maybe you're just getting warmed up when you had to finish. Yeah, Maybe, was, would you agree? It was, yeah, it was pretty chaotic that one. It was short and I was, yeah, in a really chaotic like state of performance of mine during that, but it was cool. Mm. Yeah. Because it seemed, it seemed like the crowd was still really liking it and I, you seemed like you were having a good time, but I thought, oh damn, I'm sure the sets are usually longer than that. I want to see a, want to see a full one next time. Yeah, generally, yeah. Mm-hmm, cool. Um, and, from, and from that, from seeing that set, which was actually the only time I've seen you live, um, I got, afterwards I was thinking, trying to describe this to people who asked, oh, what's Vanessa Wynn like? But I was getting quite a Grace, a Grace Jones vibe. I don't know if you've heard that before. Like, the, the way you, like, you own the stage, you're, like, walking up and down the front, like, eyeballing the crowd, and, like, you know, um, having a lot of sass, sass and confidence. And I thought it was a really, really powerful, fierce female energy that I think the crowd were really there for. Um, and the vocals that were quite, quite sparse and just enough to complement the, the music and the beats, I thought really, really sure and direct and forceful. So Thank interesting you. that it's, yeah, interesting that you thought nice. that was chaotic because I'm like, wow, that was my first impression. And I thought it was really, really sure of itself. Oh wow. Thank you. When I did listen to your album, Vanessa 77, and, and I watched the music video for Bones and Blood, I was struck by how arresting your sound was on the first listen. It made me want to like delve deeper and learn a bit more about it. Just listen to the album a few times. And I watched the video of your boiler room set at Beacon Festival earlier this year. And the energy was really, excitement in the crowd was really electric. I thought a live, a live set video really, really gave me a clue of like, oh, what a longer set would be like. I checked out some recent interviews. Um, there was a radioactive one with um, Finn Johansson and a long play with Jess Fu on BFM. And I really liked how you did a track by track, um, talking about how the songs kind of seemingly came out of nowhere and you were just open to it and open to the flow of energy um, and the music choosing where it wanted to go. Mm. And um, I was like, is that, is that how you've always approached creating new music? Mm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still kind of learning a lot at the moment about what uh, I even do and why I do it. Um, But I think consistent, like especially at that time when I wrote that album, it was very much like all all kind of about like my creative block. So that album in itself was very much so about um, like almost using sound to move through a lot of those creative blocks in a way um, which generally in order to um, do that you have to open yourself to that Um, so it really was about 
just continuously opening myself up further with music but now making music I think like I'm opening myself up in a different way. I wanted to talk about your music video for Bones and Blood which um, I watched a few times it was the first music video I saw. Is it is that your only visual music video? Yep. Yeah. Yeah I, I really I really like that music video and um, and the way the song builds up slowly and with like the different different dances or different figures and these and there's really really striking amazing costumes in the outdoor mm. settings and I thought it really worked how, how did you form the ideas for that video um, well I pretty much can't take any credit for the video side of it apart from the song but um, my good friends Ruby Harris and Conan Hayes uh, I knew them both in Dunedin when I lived there and Ruby's a director now and Conan's an actor and they basically got together and put together a, um, not a story, well they probably did a storyboard, but a um, mood board and sent it through, said, do you have any songs? And then they spent three days, uh, it was around COVID times, probably, obviously it wasn't a lockdown at this time, um, and filmed it. And another really good friend of mine, Laura Monaghan, did all the clothing as well. And she studied fashion at uh, the Polytech a year I think down in Dunedin as well and they all just grouped together and did it and I felt like it was there couldn't have been a more perfect expression of what that song is so pretty blessed mm. oh yeah I thought that was like an amazing yeah amazing pair of, of the images and the, the all the elements in the video with the with the song and it itself leaves and things and like and also not knowing what the song was about or anything when I first watched it, I was just like, wow. And the, and the editing, like really sharply in time with the music was like very effective, I thought. Mm -hmm. Yes, that was Nadia, uh, Nadia Darby, if I've got the last name right. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Cool. And it reminded me of this Aldous Harding video called Fixture Picture, which I don't know if you've seen her music videos, just because the same is like other dancers, um, there's a part where the dancer's got a flowing black cape on in your video oh. with a cliff top behind them and the scene in the background and Aldous' video's got a similar big epic kind of outdoor backdrop, same kind of mysterious vibes and some masked faces as well. True, yeah I think I have seen that but my memory's not very good so I don't mm. remember it right now. It's basically just the big outdoor vibes in the, in, the, um, in the costumes. I just wondered if you were a fan of the videos but as you I said... I do like Aldous Harding and mm. her music and her videos, yeah. Mm. The story behind Cave of Creation on the on the um, long player interview I heard, I thought that was fascinating. That's the last track mm. on the album. And you talked about the line you see your face in the mirror and say and, and say, look at that old age. And it's about how old the earth is and about the crystal cave of creation that, that you call the womb and the center of the earth ch channeling from that space. And that and it's made me think, wow, that's that's cool that that just kind of happened while you were making up the song. Both of them. Well, Bones of Blood, I, I was at my desk, but it was also a very similar process as Cave of Creation. But Cave of Creation was super, super, super deep, and it's interesting because that whole story of the cave with the, um, like the crystal cave. I don't know if that's real. I don't know where I stand with that belief anymore. But with um, it's interesting. You, you reminded me about the womb. That's still something that stands very um, true to me. So, um, 
that's interesting because it did definitely feel very like I was So we've been, we've been lucky enough to have shows and festivals in New Zealand, especially over the last summer, like late 2020 and early 2021, um, obviously being one of the few places in the world that could mm. have that kind of luxury parallel universe of, of summer festivals. Um, and I wanted to ask, what, what were your favourite shows or, or highlights of the festival season? They could be shows that you did or shows that you saw. This summer in New Zealand? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like this three months. Uh, I didn't do too many, or didn't, um, but definitely I, in a performance sense, I really enjoyed um, Welcome to Nowhere, um, and I actually really enjoyed that as a festival entirely. It was my um, first time listening to any Kiwi bands in like three years, so it was really inspiring. Um, that was cool, and Catacombs was amazing. That was my first um, gig back after that whole COVID hiatus in Australia or whatever and uh, cried, definitely cried like twice um, just because it was really powerful to be around people again and to actually have live music. So that was pretty cool and all of them have been great because I just haven't, like the summer before I was playing heaps so to have like a pretty much year off and just do a few gigs here and there, each of them have been really special in their own right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really seen many gigs. Although I went to Marcellus Pittman at um, at uh, Phoenix Cabaret, and that was amazing. I learned so much just by dancing to the music he was playing. Um, it was so cool. Cool. Yeah. You came home from Melbourne because of the, I guess, because of the COVID situation, and perhaps not wanting to be stuck in Melbourne in lockdown forever. Um, so I had that that whole thing in 2020 affected you as a as an artist or a creative or just a you know just as a person <laughs> truckloads so much so 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 much like just and as it has for everybody um yeah definitely it's just uh, like if i look back onto where i was creatively and personally before then it's so much different to now i think even just having the opportunity to come back to New Zealand and because I, I left New Zealand straight after high school being like oh there's nothing here like I've got to go into the big wide world and then actually to be like proven quite wrong and like falling in love with being here again and like being with my family and all that sort of stuff was just real positive and has just yeah I don't know shaped me heaps shaped me a lot so it's cool also probably why it's taken me so long to make any music because there's just been so much change going on. Like, I haven't really made pretty much anything since the album. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. The album was like a few months before uh, COVID, so, mm. yeah. July, it was, came out in July 2020. Oh, okay, yes. And then, and, but you would have finished it, obviously, yeah. Yeah, I finished earlier. October the year before. Oh. It was meant to be out in March and then COVID happened and it delayed uh, it. Right. That's right. Yeah, yeah like a lot of <laughs> albums got delayed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's that's quite that's quite a trip. <laughs> yeah. Thinking about oh so when it came out it was from October the year before. From the, the that's when the last track was made, yeah. But the first track would have been made in like June the year before 
the like, mm. so took a good eight months to make or whatever. Um, Damn. But yeah, so the next lot of music will probably be heaps different Ooh. due to COVID and everything that's changed because of it, you know? Do you like you were writing in a different environment being back back in um like where, you're not based where are you based in? Uh, Wellington now. Wellington. Yeah. yeah. Back with family and but stuff. I was in Invercargill with my family. Oh. Yeah. Pretty that... isolated. It was just Wow. Yeah. Okay. I didn't realise your family's in Invercargill. Yeah, my dad's a sheep sheriff. Did you grow up in Invercargill? Grew up half an hour from Invercargill. And on like a small like lifestyle farm blocks thing. Yeah. And then I went to boarding school in Dunedin. And then I went to Melbourne. And then I came back. So that's why like even being with family was so important because it wasn't a, it was I hadn't spent any quality time with them since I was twelve. So Oh wow. Yeah. Boarding school. Yeah. And then that's why the album like is based on like so much like like out there sort of concepts because it was my way of trying to find myself in this world when really like that was a really good experience in its own but coming back here it's like you know kind of you know just connected back to where I'm from and all that stuff so mm. even the concepts around the music are changing and will be probably quite different to that. It's like almost like you've come full circle. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you were at 12 and then like you're in boarding school and then leaving in Melbourne and COVID and coming all the way back to Invercargill yep. for a spell and then in Wellington. Mm. Invercargill seems so far away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's random. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's probably like a different mindset as well. Yeah, definitely. Very different. Very, very, very different mindset. Very quiet. Although leaving, leaving lockdown Melbourne and going to quiet in Macargill. <laughs> it was like also yeah quiet and then a different kind of quiet with less restrictions yes that's right and my parents have like a lovely garden at the house so it was quite nice to just like be in nature because you didn't really awesome. get that in Melbourne either and stuff oh, so yeah. unless you traveled but I wasn't really doing that during COVID so <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay I went went up with um the last question which is um, what are what are your plans for the rest of 2021, like musically, and are you be writing writing or recording or anything like that? Yeah, uh, yeah, I really, 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 really hope so because I am I feel really ready to start making music again. You've been listening to an interview with Vanessa Worm, recorded at Auckland Central City Library. The tracks you heard during this podcast were all from Vanessa's album Vanessa 77, released on Optima Music in July 2020. To hear more podcasts, check out the Auckland Library SoundCloud page and subscribe.